G'day, welcome to another episode of This Podcast Isn't Working. Uh, I'm Heidi, I'm the host here. It's nice to have you listening today. And if you're new, I make this podcast weekly and I chat about things that kind of fall under the headings of creativity, parenthood and mental health. And today I wanted to talk about a subject that comes under the kind of creativity banner, I suppose and has to do with something I love so much, which is poetry. And if you want to hear about how to read poetry, then keep on listening to this episode. <laughs> so recently I was listening to another podcast. Uh, I've mentioned many times on my podcast that the reason I make this is because I love podcasts and I think they're great. So I'm putting myself out there in the conversation, but I also stay very much as a listener and I listen to a lot of podcasts. And one that I like to listen to on the odd occasion is a podcast called Making Sense with Sam Harris. And he often has some really interesting guests. I really love podcasts that uh, have interviews and conversations between people. And yeah, that's one of the ones I like. And he, on his podcast the other day, he had a guest called David White. Now, I'd never heard of David White. And I soon found out from listening to it that he's a poet. Uh, he's many other things. But anyway, look him up. I'll pop a link in the show notes. Um, you can see what he kind of gets up to. But he had some really, really interesting insights into the world of poetry and some of the ideas behind his, I, you know, his kind of perception of poetry and the reading of poetry. And I was really inspired to make this episode because of some of the things he said. And now poetry is something that I've always been drawn to. I really love that kind of short format, fairly short, depending on the poem. I love everything from, you know, Banjo Patterson, who writes very much just, uh, you know, rhyming stories, I suppose, right through to, you know, more, I guess, free form, you know, spoken word or other types of kind of prose, I suppose, where it's not necessarily very structured. Uh, they're really my favorite kind. And one of my favorite poets in the whole wide world is a poet called Mary Oliver. If you've never read anything by her and you're interested in poetry, I'd really recommend you check her out. And anyway, the more that David White was talking, I thought to myself, he reminds me a little of Mary Oliver. And he read one of his pieces and I thought, wow, um, yeah, he reminds me a lot of her. And I think it was because he is very you know, the way he writes, it, it it evokes a very potent kind of image in your mind. I love imagery and I love to be transported into places where I've never been before through words. And so I was really enjoying listening to his piece. And I loved that he gave some background to his piece as well. And he the piece he actually read was called um, The Bell and the Blackbird. And I'd recommend you listen to the first half of that podcast just to hear the story of where that poem had come from. Um, but it was so generous of him to share that story and then to read his poem aloud uh, because it gave so much more depth and meaning, I felt, to the work itself. But uh, on top of that, he started to talk a little bit about um, 
you know, the right way to read poetry. Now, I know that there's no right way to do anything, but I I could see what he was saying. And I really, um, it helped me to kind of reframe poetry as far as how I might consume poetry and feel about it and what I could do to get more out of poetry, I suppose. And it also addressed something that I'd experienced before, but gave it kind of like a name or described it in a way I hadn't heard before, which was really validating. So anyway, I'll get into these things. The first thing was that uh, when he read his poem aloud, he repeated quite a few lines. So he would say, um, you know, I think one of the first lines, it, it says something like, you know, the sound of a bell still reverberating. And he would say again, still reverberating, still reverberating. Um, and, and he would do this throughout the poem. There were lines that were repeated. Now, I didn't have a written copy of the poem in front of me when I was hearing this, uh, but I absolutely loved the reading. And after he was finished, Sam Harris actually says to him, you know, uh, did you mean to, like, why is it that you repeat certain lines when they're not actually repeated in the written form of the poem? Uh, and he, he said, you know, I really, I really love it. It gives it kind of a, this incantatory qualities. It's like evoke, invoking something, incantation. And, the, and David White was able to share that he actually does it very purposefully. You know, he repeats lines because he feels strongly that that is how poems are meant to be recited. And he talked about, you know, um, that in the old traditions, you know, choruses in the Greek theater, there were always something that the gods had said. So they would be repeated, you know, because obviously something from the gods themselves, it couldn't be fully understood the first time you heard it, um, you know, and he actually goes as far to say, because uh, he's sort of, you know, he was talking about how to repeat lines and to pause is what you need to do for the listener, because he actually says, and I love this line, is um, poetry is language against which you have no defenses. And that I was like, oh yeah, amen. <laughs> I mean, I love poetry. Now you may not read poetry. You may not listen to poetry readings, but I really feel like there's something for everybody out there in the world of poetry. And what he's basically saying is there's something special about poetry that makes it very, very rich ground that's almost it's so rich you know when you have um, a very rich food you know you can't have a lot of it at once you need to really it's because it's so rich it becomes quite a delicacy and you need to take your time to enjoy it you know you don't need a lot of it um, and you need to you know savor those moments and and give yourself time to kind of discover the complexities of the flavor profile and all of that fun stuff you know it's the same with poetry it's kind of like this real packs a punch I would say and I really agree with that and so he was basically saying you know because of that you need to actually say poetry in ways against which there are no defenses so essentially you know to kind of uh, be more deliberate and pack a punch in the way that you actually deliver poetry and he felt like the a strong way to do that was to give the opportunity to the listener to you know uh, absorb the poem in a much more uh, you know, a fashion that would be more s suited to, you know, taking your time and absorbing it in the way that you need to, hearing what the poem has to say to you. And that was something that he talked a bit about as well. And this is something I feel really passionately about is there's so much inside a poem and there's so much inside a poem that it's kind of like a land that cannot be mapped. 
Uh, now, all of this sounds very grandiose, I'm sure. If you're not a poetry person, then I'm sorry if this all sounds quite cheesy, but stay with me because I hope that at the end of this episode, maybe you'll become a poet, pers- a poetry person, you know? Uh, I would love that at the end of this that you might go and read some poetry yourself and see what you can get from it and um, experience from reading it. And so here's this these poems you know they're very potent they're full of meaning they're so complex and deep that you cannot chart their waters um in fact david whiten the interview says quite interestingly that he believes if if a poet themselves the person who's written that poem if they believe that they know everything that that poem holds then it's uh truly not a great poem in the first place and so he really believes in this notion that a poem is uh it's almost like outside the writer you know there's something bigger at play there in in that style of communication and that gift of words that there's something even inside a poem for the poet themselves and he says that you know there there's you know he was there was a particular piece he'd recited over a 20 year span and and after 20 years of reciting the same po- poem he had a moment of revelation and something for him shifted and he he got a new uh you know he he gained something new from that poem that he had never ever considered before or seen and so the poem gave him a gift even after 20 years of reciting that poem and absorbing that poem and i think that's really beautiful and i wonder if that's why poetry has such longevity and there are classic poems and and you know writers like Edgar Allan Poe and um you know and people like that we still hear those things today and we're moved and it's interesting to us and some people would say poetry stretches even further that people like Shakespeare are essentially there's poetry in what he's written and you hear that phrase a lot you know there was poetry in the lyrics and I personally think lyrics to songs are poems and I get a lot from those. Now, the interesting thing that I hadn't thought about before was this idea that David White was saying, you know, there is a way to kind of consume a poem or uh, be affected by a poem that is something that we probably don't do very often. He didn't say this, but what he was talking about, I was thinking, you know, this is not really the space in which we live. I mean, we live quite fast and a lot of things in our lives now are about quantity and not quality. I mean, we hear that a lot. Um, and with poetry, I wonder whether it's sort of similar. Uh, now, it was funny. About a year ago, I want to say, I bought a like this beautiful collection of Robert Frost poems. And truth be told, I did it because I am a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. <laughs> and there is a lyric in one of their songs where... It says, um, you know, I can't remember the the whole line, but it talks about um, somebody reading their Robert Frost. So it's something that's their special thing and um, that's what they're doing. And I'd always wondered, who is this Robert Frost? And I was looking into him a little bit. He's an American poet and and he, uh, I, I really liked some of the things I was reading. So I went and bought this collection of poems. Now, they're beautiful poems and they're very much my style of poem. They talk a lot about, you know, the the natural world and the context of this person. They're different, you know, it's, um, again, it's, it's very heavy on the imagery and I love that. And it's funny, I haven't picked it up as many times as I thought I would. And I remember the first time I read some of the poems from the book 
And I felt kind of, uh, I felt like there must have been something wrong with me because I wasn't, I didn't feel the impact that I was hoping I would feel reading Robert Frost. You know, I was kind of, you know, the first time I ever heard a Mary Oliver poem, it literally, I can't explain this enough, but it, it like it reached out from the, uh, the first time I actually heard a Mary Oliver poem was an audio recording and it, it almost like reached out of the audio device and it, it like touched me like it was so visceral and beautiful and it was just one line it's almost given me goosebumps thinking about it but her poems to me are so like that that you know that first time that you engage with a poem and you meet that poem it like it stirs something within you and it has this power there's a power there um the first line i ever heard that mary oliver had written was you do not have to be good and that line, oh my goodness, like I just, I don't know if it was just, I needed to hear that at that time or something like that. But that particular poem that that's from, it's just stayed with me. I can't shake it. And uh, I almost feel like I've been reading that poem now for over a year, you know, a year and a half or something. I've been reading that one poem and it's had such an effect on me. And I was, I was hoping that when I engaged with Robert Frost that I would feel that same power and that spark and that excitement of uh reading his stuff and it wasn't like that you know I read it I read one and I was like oh that's nice I flicked a few pages I read another one oh that's nice oh I like that line flicked a few more pages now David White the guy that was being interviewed in the Sam Harris podcast he was talking about poetry readings now I've never been, I've never had the privilege of being at a proper poetry reading uh, live, but he said, you know, poetry readings can often be quite violent is the word he said. And what he's talking about is for the listener, it can be quite a violent experience. You know, you're kind of being bombarded with these powerful poems and there's, it's like, there's not enough space to really get your head around these things. So it can be kind of like a a one-two punch, like a bit like left, right, left, right. <laughs> and it's it can be in that sense of being a listener and being somebody uh, taking things in, you know, it can be quite a violent experience, especially if those poems are having power at the time. You know, what if the first time I'd heard Mary Oliver, all I'd heard was like, you know, this big punch and then it just never ended and it kept going and there was another poem after that and another poem after that. Uh, and I've got to say, since... Uh, being introduced to her I have since bought an audiobook which is her reading her poems and it is a lot to take in and I can't again I didn't enjoy that the first time I put that on it was poem after poem and I needed to just turn it off um, and David White kind of explores this and I this is the thing I said you know I hadn't really had words for and I didn't really realize why this was happening this disconnection and almost like this bombardment that I'd been experiencing trying to consume too much poetry at once. Um, you know, he says that uh, he, he, you know, he's talking about repeating lines and, and giving that kind of that kind of gravitas to things and that space and pause that we need to take it in, not just for the poet to read, but for us to actually, you know, sit with that and have it, um, you know, not be too violent, as he says. Um, and he talks about things like, uh, you know, when you receive bad news, if, if you're giving somebody terrible news, like, you know, the loss of somebody, somebody has passed away or something like that. Um, he said, often when you hear those, if you could be a fly on the wall hearing those conversations, 
um, often when we give bad news, you know, we will say the same thing in three different ways. He sort of said, he said, it kind of tends to come in threes. Um, and he said, you know, that, that same fact or whatever you're trying to convey, that's very, very important. Um, but very potent at the same time, you'll say it, uh, repeatedly, but in different ways to ensure that that message has been received properly you know, that that person has had the time to get their head around it. He also talks about, you know, in a good marital argument, you'll hear the same thing. Um, People making points and repeating them, you know, over and over because it's that same thing of it's about, you know, those choices are about the listener and, and making sure that they are hearing you loud and clear, that they have got that message and that you've given them time to, to get their head around it and enough opportunity to do that. Um, And he basically said, you know, that's how we should read poetry is to remember that it's full of power and you do need space and silence um, to be able to take it in. And he, he, you know, he basically backs that up by saying we, you know, even as the writer, I don't I'm not fully aware of the implications of what I've actually written, Um, because to him, you know, he said poetry, you know, it always leads to more and more meaning like it's it's this endless kind of, uh, it's this endless, it's like, you know, when a flower opens and every petal that opens, you know, it's like a flower that just never stops opening and there's just new growth and new growth and new petals and new revelation and, and expression of that, the, the beauty of that flower and, and its essence, you know, for all time. Imagine if that, like a never ending packet of Tim Tams. (laughs) Um, oh gosh, I always wanted one of those. I wish they were real, but it's that idea, you know, and, Um, because of that, you need to treat it with care. And it made me think about, you know, these experiences I'd had where I'd tried to consume, um, a lot of poetry or, you know, I'd read poetry in this way that was very like, you know, no different to reading a piece of fiction or a news article or something, you know, it can't be read like that. And in today's time and and place like you know in this world where we live in I feel like it's it's not common for us to have that notion of um, reading one thing for a long time Uh, and yeah but like I said that Mary Oliver poem it's called um, Wild Geese I I can't stop reading that but not in the sense of I don't know I don't even I don't I can't remember the last time I read it all the way through it's just it's like I need to sit with that poem and maybe I'll read that poem over the course of five years. Like that's the kind of span I'm thinking. This is what this David White interview, like, you know, it made my brain go there. Like I was thinking, imagine if we spent a year reading a poem and, and taking it in. Imagine what we could garner from that, what it could bring us. Like, um, because poetry is very interesting in the sense that it's not owned by anybody and it's not finite. So it really belongs to everybody. And you can be uh, that same, like, you know, you have every right, just like everybody else, including the poet themselves and every other reader to own that poem and to have it speak to you in a way that's just for you. Um, you know, is is have you ever been interested in poetry but not really sure how to kind of interact with it? you know, and maybe this is a way that you could do that. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about having a word for the year, you know, that's often a New Year's Eve thing now, a New Year's Eve, a New Year's resolution type thing. 
is to choose a word for the year and to just focus on that word. Someone recently was telling me, you know, their word is empathy. And that's just something that they're going to be, you know, kind of putting in the banner of their mind, like a banner in the top of their mind as they walk through life that they hopefully will keep coming back to looking at, considering and, you know, um, engaging with. And I, I think this is kind of that. This is what I'm saying is, you know, maybe there is just a word or a line from a poem or, um, you know, of a particular stanza or or yeah, something like that. Um, for me, Mary Oliver's poem, Wild Geese, for me has been almost like a journey going from one line to the next. And I need time to walk through it. And each step is about me discovering something very, very new and broadening that kind of uh, meaning that it is giving to me and that story that it's helping me uncover for myself, which is not like anybody else's story. I mean, what an amazing idea that you know, 3000 people could be reading one poem and yet everybody's personal experience of interacting with that poem and what it means to them and what it's making their soul, their mind, everything experience is completely unique to them. You know, I I always found that hard in high school when, you know, you would write a piece about, you know, some writing or a, a play or whatever and kind of looking into it and and breaking it down and deconstructing it and, and talking about the meaning behind it and things like that. I always found that quite tricky because there was always uh, this sort of broad brush idea that we were supposed to, you know, study these particular concepts that it was drawing out and things like that. But it was quite restrictive. I think, you know, um, there's so much more to be gained by looking at things as an individual and, and just taking the time Um, that's really what I wanted to talk about today is there more space for us to take the time to engage with something like a piece of poetry and do it over a long period of time and see what happens is it possible for us like David White said to still get meaning out of something so short and so few words if you know is there, is there something we can get out of it in 20 years time if we take the time to continue to read it Um, and to sit with it you know uh, should we have more long-term relationships with our creative world and the expression of art and poetry is there a painting that you know you need to look at you know every week for the rest of your life and and learn something from it's just a thought I wanted to put out into the air and if you've yeah if you've never read a poem or or had a poem speak to you in a deep way let this be a little inspiring episode that might get you to try to find something that resonates with you. I I personally like Mary Oliver, but you might like something different. So I would encourage you to go out and explore poetry and give yourself the time to try to experience something deeper when you interact with it. Uh, They're my thoughts. (laughs) I will see you again next week on the podcast. Well, I'll be in your earbuds, ears, wherever I am. I'll be speaking to you in a week's time. And between now and then, uh, be kind to yourself. I really mean that as kind as you can. And explore some poetry if you get the chance. And I'll uh, talk to you then. Okay, bye. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, (laughs) like that.